Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. This morning, thank you for bringing us together in your house. We thank you for new life. A reminder of that this week. Lord, we thank you for bringing us together. May we hear your word this morning. May it be clear. Lord, I pray pray that you prepare our hearts even now. That if they're hard, if we haven't softened them and allowed you to enter in, to change our life, I pray even now, Lord, that you'd be working in that area. Heal us. In your name we pray. Amen. Anybody know what the most famous verse in the Bible is? Good job. John 3.16, you know why it's the most famous? Football, right? It gets on football all the time. I wanted to look at, uh, I want to look this morning at a scripture, the the scripture just before John 3.16. Kind of gives us, uh, it sets us up for that, uh, for that passage. And it's a pretty good story to boot. There's a guy by the name of Nicodemus. Now there was a man, there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with, with him. Jesus replied, Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter this a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. It is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be, Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify for what we have seen, but still, you people do not accept our testimony. I have not spoken to you of earthly, if I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe, then how will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life in him. May God add his blessing as we continue singing this morning. Lord, what a blessing it is to to have a chance to worship, to sing your praises. Lord, it was good to hear voices this morning, to be reminded that we come to worship you. Lord, as we prepare to look at your word this morning, Open our hearts. 
Open our ears. Lord, that we might hear something new today. Something fresh, something that we've never heard before in a new way. Your word is alive. Scripture says it cuts through bone and marrow. It reminds us, Lord, that it's not just a historical piece of paper. It is alive and well, living in your believers. And so, Lord, as we hear that story this morning about rebirth, may we be reminded about our own birth, our own moments of salvation. Or, Lord, maybe today we walked in without it, and it's an opportunity for us to have our lives changed from here forward. Either way, Lord, we we ask you to speak into our lives this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. If you're a child, you can run, have at it, enjoy yourself. Jace won't even listen. Did you see that? He didn't even run. She's going to go faster. So I felt like I probably should start where the scripture ends. And my sense is is this is probably the most, it's got to be the most popular, most known, well-known, even people who don't know the Bible or even uh, know where to pick one up or to open one, uh, know John 3.16, right? We know that scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We know that verse. It gets repeated most uh, constantly over and over. We see it. Uh, we see it in the end zone uh, uh, of football, which is about to happen. And, uh, and we're reminded. Uh, why is it, is it such a big deal? Well, it reminds us that God loves us so much that he sent Jesus. Right? The whole crux of our faith it rests in this one verse. But I want to share with you what it took to get to there. There's a great story behind that. And um, as I was uh, preparing this week and getting ready, uh, um, of course, I didn't know we would have all of those. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but Monday, um, I talked to my daughter-in-law, and she was fine. And she was literally at work, and she's just, we were joking. My son's birthday was yesterday. And so the big joke is that Dan's birthday uh, was on the 27th of August. And as he was growing up, he was a little kid. He would always say, it's my birthday month, right? And so I don't have to do, uh, I don't have to do the chores because it happens to be on the 27th. So you might as well suck up the whole month of August. Mind you, no one else in our family, um, except grandma, on my, my wife's mom, um, has a birthday, but nothing in, nothing in our uh, individual family was anybody else in August. So, so Dan would always say, I can remember him being seven, eight, nine years old, and like, yeah, this is my birthday month, and I don't have to do the chores this month. I, you know, this is, and so it's always been a joke, and he just turned 31 on Saturday, and so I was talking to April on Monday, and I said, uh, we, were, we were laughing, I said, you know, if you aren't careful, 
Dan's going to have to share that birthday. <laughs> and I said, we'll see where that lands. And uh, the funny part was the next morning I woke up uh, and there was a text um, headed to the hospital. Um, and, and it was from Dan. And uh, it's kind of funny because if you know, you don't, if you have, if, you if you've ever texted Dan and he texts you back in a month, you've done well. Uh, if he texts you back in a year, that's about normal. This kid is so tech savvy, but even on our group text, like with the whole family, he just does not, it's just not his thing. And so it was pretty funny when I woke up, my wife, I said, hey, I think they're at the hospital. And, and so we were laughing. Uh, Who texted? Because I figured it was April. <laughs> no, it was Dan. And so, uh, so this little guy was born, uh, um, yeah. He was born uh, 9 o'clock on Tuesday morning, so uh, healthy young man. Uh, but all that being said, now, I like all those other kids too, but they're not as <laughs> smart or as cute, so I wanted to give you the best of the best. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, <compl> <laughs> I'm teasing. I hope <laughs> those are nice kids too, <laughs> but they're not my grandchildren. And so I, I, I half tempted to uh, put a figure out how to get a camouflage hat on him and a, a bow in, you know, uh, transposed in his hand, but I think I'll wait a little while for the, the good stories. All that being said, it was really on my heart to, to um, the, the story of Nicodemus uh, and the, this, this passage that we're looking at today. This, this learned man, this guy named Nicodemus, who was, uh, what was he? Did you, what was he? A Pharisee. Does anybody know what a Pharisee is? A deacon? <laughs> uh, ish. <laughs> a Pharisee knew the rules and the regulations. They, they knew all that there was to know. They, they had the religious right all figured out. They understood all those things. Um, and yet in the Gospels we see they take a pretty good whooping from Jesus, do they not? Because sometimes they were so right they were wrong. Sometimes they didn't really, weren't able to see um, what was going on, and they got all hung up in the Jewish tradition. And so they would spend their lives uh, understanding the rules, the rites, and the rituals, and, and they would walk through life. And when we see a lot of times in, in the Gospels, we see the Pharisees coming after Jesus, right? And there's this grinding, there's this push uh, back and forth. And um, so I don't know if, did you notice when Nicodemus went to see Jesus? Did you see that? When did he go see him? After dark. Hmm. What ha why do we go see people after dark? Can't be seen, right? We don't want anybody to know. We don't want anybody to know where we are or where we've been. And then do you see what he says? He says, and I'm just pointing out a couple of things I want to share before we actually get into the sermon because I think it's some really intriguing pieces uh, in here. Um, you see what Nicodemus says? Hey, we know you're a teacher from God. Is that something a Pharisee would say? Not even close, right? Did you also see that it says, uh, we? My sense is that there were more than one uh, Pharisee that had been talking. Probably nobody had the guts to go uh, talk to Jesus and, and figure it out. And Nicodemus shows up at night. He finds Jesus. 
And he says, listen, we know who you are. We know that you are of God. And, and I'm sure that, that Nicodemus was struggling with this idea of like, I know the rights, the rules, and, the, and, and what the Old Testament says. And then I understand that Jesus, you're here and you're doing these things in God's name. And how does this all work out, right? And then he, then he asks, the, um, how can someone be born again, right? How can someone go back into their mother's womb is what he's what he's saying, right? He's, he's, he's actually says that. Surely that's not what you're talking about, right? And, and so Nicodemus is like, you're saying this thing, but the words don't line up. And um, we don't really get, I don't get what you're after. What do you mean? And, and so my, my sense is that Nicodemus was, was seeking uh, this relationship but didn't really understand what it was, didn't have the guts to say it in the daylight, wasn't able or willing to uh, talk to Jesus uh, in a group or a crowd, but he finds him, coincidentally, right, finds him alone and is able to have this conversation. And of course, he doesn't get it. He doesn't get all of it. And Jesus begins to explain uh, to this learned man. And, and actually, Jesus pokes a little fun at him, right? What do you mean you don't understand these things? What do you mean you don't understand what I'm saying? What he's saying is, listen, you know all the Old Testament uh, prophecies. You know what you're looking for. You know what's, what all those are pointing forward to. And that's Jesus' little uh, poke and Nicodemus, right? You understand all these things that point to a Messiah. You know there's a Messiah coming. Do you not recognize that it's me? That's what he's essentially asking Nicodemus. Don't you understand who I am? Don't you understand who I am and that I have come? But he doesn't say it that way. He, he, has, to, he has to get a little bit under his, his skin. And he, and he talks about uh, a few things. Uh, the first thing that we notice is, um, he's like, I am. No one else can see the kingdom unless they're born again. I am the Jesus that you're looking for. I am the Messiah. And for us this morning, we need to know who this Jesus is. Lots of religions, no, I shouldn't say lots, some religions, some of the bigger ones, believe that Jesus existed. They don't have a problem with who Jesus is. The problem they have is, who did Jesus represent? Was he really God himself? Was he God in the flesh, or was he just a great prophet? Right, that's what the Jews had trouble with. That's what the Muslims have trouble with. Is this Jesus just a nice prophet? He existed. But was he really God in the flesh? How does that work? Who is this Jesus? This is the verse. They said, um, I'm going to move up. And here's, here's the challenge. Usually at the end of the sermon is the altar call. At the end of the sermon is the moment where we talk about um, what's really most important right? Because in a sermon, we want to leave you in that spot. But this morning, we're going to start there. 
And the question is, who do you believe that Jesus is? Is he a good prophet who wrote uh, his words are written down in the Bible? Is he, uh, was he a great guy uh, who came for three and a half years and, and shared all this in knowledge and uh, intimate uh, details of who God was, uh, who, who ended up going to the cross? By the way, I don't, he wasn't the first one to go to a cross, right? That was just one of the very nasty ways for people to die. Uh, he definitely probably wasn't the last either, right? We know there are others after. The question is, who is Jesus to you? Is he something you've learned about in your head, something you've come to VBS, you've heard about this Jesus guy? I know, I know who he is. I know all about him. I actually know all the stories, right? I know he walked on water. Um, uh, he, he showed up sometimes uh, unannounced. He... Um, he was crucified on a cross, and, and, and it says that he was raised again, that he woke up and somehow came back to life. That one's hard, right? Who is Jesus to you this morning? Is he just what's in your brain, what you've learned, or is he in your heart? See, we can know all about God and still not know him. We can know all about who he is without ever accepting him. So many people, I, I used to, we, we did some ministry with a, with a couple, and, and this guy was a doctor, and he was a great guy, great teacher. And as we were doing a, v, we were doing a VBS at our previous church, and he was telling us this story, he said, you know, um, I knew all about who Jesus was. In fact, I was able to teach other people about who Jesus was. He said, I was able to share the gospel before I understood the gospel. And as we were talking, I was like, what do you, what do you mean? He's like, no, I understand. I understood every piece of the gospel, but I had never really accepted the gospel as the truth for me. He said, so I would tell all kinds of people the gospel, but not fully understand it inside for me. Not have not taken it in. And then he said, I came to this, one day I just came to this realization that I knew all about God up here. I knew all about Jesus who had lived on this earth and walked a perfect life and had died for me and had rose again. Was seen from by hundreds of people. And then he went back to heaven with God himself. And then he said, I came to a point where I recognized that this is what I needed. This was the relationship I needed. I needed to know Jesus in an intimate way. I needed him to be my friend, not this person someone talked about, right? Because there are lots of times we name drop, right? Well, did you know I got to hang out? I was at this place and I got to hang out with this person. It was really cool, right? But there's a whole lot of difference between a name drop and intimately knowing someone in your life. And all too often, it's easy to say, I know who this Jesus is. Or, or maybe we say it this way, I know that I'm a Christian. And don't all Christians go to heaven? And isn't America a Christian nation? And, and all those pieces, parts, right? We can, we can add them all up. The reality is this. 
If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, if you haven't invited him into your life, if you haven't allowed him to change anything in your life, if you say you're a Christian and nothing has changed in 25, 30, 40 years, then you better check yourself. I'm not saying you're not, but it doesn't matter what I say. It's not about me, it's about you and Jesus. Jesus reminds his uh, disciples in John 15. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches, right? We're just getting to that point. We were looking yesterday at grapes uh, off the hill and they're starting to turn red, right? We're about, Amy said, can you smell them yet? No, I can't smell them yet, but we're within two to three weeks of seeing all the work. Do you remember when people were out, uh, were down there, uh, cutting brush in January and the snow's two feet deep and, and they're, they're out there in their coveralls and it's, uh, they're freezing to death trying to get all the, the brush cut away and uh, getting for new, uh, new growth for the summer, right? We, they were pruning them back uh, all for an opportunity for what's about to happen in a month, uh, which is harvest. Jesus says, listen, there should be some kind of fruit there needs to be, this is not a works-based faith, right? It's not, well, if I give more money in the offering or if I do more, um, that's not what it's about. But what, what Jesus is saying, listen, there should be some semblance of, of your faith, some way, shape, or form. It may not be big. It may not be uh, proud. It may not be uh, speaking in front of hundreds of people. But there should be some kind of semblance of fruit in your life if you're a believer in Christ. Now, I want, I want to remind you of something. Sometimes when we're getting pruned, we don't always show the fruit. And so I'm always really careful about judging other people this is not for you to judge other people. This is for you to take stock in where you are at in life. Because sometimes uh, when, when we, we prune back a tree that's overgrown, that uh, has been left uh, or hasn't, uh, hasn't been trimmed in a few years, you know what happens if it doesn't get trimmed and pruned, right? The apples or whatever, the fruit gets smaller and smaller and smaller. They get uh, buggier, they get mold, they get all kinds of things you don't want. And and so sometimes when we trim back a tree, it looks like this tree on this side, right? And it's like, wait, that, there's no fruit on that tree. So is that a part of the vine? Oh, it looks pretty good and healthy, right? Maybe, maybe it just needs a little more time and care and love. And, and then it'll get, start to show the fruit, right? You, if you haven't been down on uh, Townline Road, if you drive down Townline Road, that's about what they look like today. Reminding ourselves that if we are a part of the vine, or if we are a part of the branches, if we are the branches on a vine, that we will produce fruit. There will be fruit in our life. There will be things that, that, that represent and show a change in our relationship with Christ and with others. Let me encourage you. That if you don't know who Jesus is this morning, don't leave this place not knowing who Jesus is. Not being sure of your faith and your salvation. 
You can know today. You can know today. You don't have to wait until you get good enough. You don't have to be wait until you got a life all figured out. You don't have to worry about these uh, walls falling in if you come to church. You don't have to worry about getting everything sorted out. It's, it's quite the opposite. Jesus says, come as you are, and I'll work with you. Sanctification, right? Nice big churchy word. What it means is we're going we're gonna to continually get better and grow closer to God. Second thing he says, like, if you want new life, if you want uh, you need to recognize uh, your rebirth. Jesus answered and said, I tell you the truth that no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and the Spirit. What does that mean? You understand that being born of water, that's, that's our first birth, right? That's what he's, he's representing, our first birth. And, and our second birth or rebirth, our reborn is born of the Spirit, capital S. Uh, it'll show up in your Bible as a capital S, the Holy Spirit, um, being uh, reborn. Nicodemus, he didn't understand, right? Being reborn. How, how do we get reborn? What does that look like? And that might be the, the question you asked, right, this morning. How do I get reborn? It's not about what you do. It's about what you ask, right? It's what we ask for. We ask Jesus to come and be a part of our life. We become uh, then followers of Jesus. And we begin to work uh, in a direction that helps us do the things that God wants us to do. The things that would honor Him. The things that would please Him. That's how we recognize rebirth. Finally, we need to accept who Jesus is. It says, I tell you the truth, we speak of what we know, and we testify what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. Jesus is, is, is asking, telling Nicodemus, are you, are you a thumbs up or are you a thumbs down? Right? Do you understand what's going on here? Do you know what I'm talking about. Do you understand our testimony? Our testimony isn't that we got it figured out. And I hope you hear that uh, in this church, uh, in this pastor. I don't claim to have it figured out or, or to be perfect in any way, shape, or form. But what I know is that I need a Savior, Jesus Christ, to be able to make it another step, another step, another step. And if anyone tells you they have it all figured out, that they have never made any more mistakes when they became a believer, if they haven't had struggles or challenges, or that God has wiped away everything in this world uh, that's been difficult, I, I would challenge you to challenge them. That's not what Jesus is saying. And we see in Scripture that his, his life is, is an example of 
of having difficult times, right? He would go to uh, the cross. He would lose his life for each one of us. And I don't know if you noticed in, uh, in uh, verse 14, he alludes to this. He says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so, I, so, the, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Do you know the story about the serpent in the wilderness? Anybody know where that is? Numbers chapter 20. Remember what happened? Let me tell you. Yeah, look at it, exactly. Glenn remembers. Let me tell you the story, Numbers uh, chapter 20. So God's people, I know you're going to be surprised at this. God's people sinned against God. Can you believe that? What? Yeah, exactly. What? what were they thinking? God's people sinned against God. They started whining. Anybody ever whine? I know you don't, don't put your hand up. I don't want to know who the whiners are. You ever complain, get mad at God and frustrated, and they're like, we are going to live out here forever. This is the worst place ever. I know none of you do that, but just as an example. So God's people are out in the wilderness, and they're frustrated. You know what God does? I think he got mad or frustrated, something. He sends a whole bunch of snakes, venomous snakes, to bite the Israelites. And it says many people died. It doesn't tell us how many. Many people died when they got bit by these snakes. So after, obviously, what happens is people start dropping like flies, right? They're dropping. And the Israelites come to their senses. And they're like, whoa, people are dying, Moses. Now what are we going to do? And guess what they say? We're sorry. Right? We're sorry, we didn't mean it, God. We didn't mean to complain. Please forgive us. And God says to Moses, create a bronze serpent and put it up on a stick. And anyone who gets bit, who's willing to look at the bronze serpent, will not die. What do you think happened to the people who didn't look at the bronze serpent? died right there's a difference between those who looked and those who didn't a very distinct difference one of life and death and when jesus is uh, is talking about and so must the son of man be lifted up he's not talking about a snake he's talking about a cross and he's alluding to what will happen at the end of John, the Gospel of John. The challenge for us is, what are we going to do with rebirth, with new life? I was pretty excited Thursday night. We had five people who were baptized. And just for clarification you know it's not about salvation but rather obedience scripture reminds us that this is a step of obedience and so i'd ask that you be in prayer 
for those who stepped out in obedience. There were five people whose lives changed on Thursday night. Not because it was magic water, or there were magic words, or there were more than 80 people, right? It wasn't, or that we sang a couple good songs. It wasn't any of that stuff. It was, no, it, was, it was an internal. They made a profession of faith and wanted to obey God by walking through the waters of baptism. And we read in, the, in John where, where Jesus was baptized by John. And from heaven it said uh, that God was well pleased with that activity, with that action. And I believe that's what God was saying Thursday night. I am well pleased with your step of obedience. So I'm going to ask you to pray for Dan Peters and for Lori Kelly and for Mackenzie Fidel and for Jake Hubble and for Hillary Hubble. I'm going to ask you to encourage them in their walk of faith. I'm going to ask you, if you see them, to pull them aside and encourage their faith as they continue to grow. They took a big step of obedience. And like I said on Thursday night, if that's a step you need to take, don't hesitate. Let's talk about it. If you're not a follower of Jesus, that's where it begins. For each one of them, it began in, with a relationship of G, with Jesus Christ. Being reborn. One last thing, for those of you who have, have had your faith for however long, do you remember when it was fresh and it was new and you were so excited about what you had done and for some of us, we did it as kids. We were just youngsters, and we've grown up in the faith. And, and part of that struggle is uh, we've always, always, right? We've always known in our adult life uh, a faith. And let me encourage you and challenge you to pray that God would make it fresh. That it wouldn't just be something that you're hiding under that bushel. That, that you would let your light shine in new and special ways. That you would step out. Because all too often, it's like, yeah, I'm a Christian and, um, well, I hope you guys figure it out, right? But I got things to do today. Make it fresh so that others will see that light of Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we thank you that in every step of faith, you are right beside us. Lord, we thank you for your grace that is new every morning, your mercy that continues to open the door. Lord, I pray as we uh, finish up this morning for those who maybe have not made that uh, profession of faith, they have not asked you into their heart, Lord, for anyone who is asking into your brain and not your heart, I ask that you would open their eyes this morning as well. Take the scales off.
Thank you for your word. In your name we pray. Amen.